0: Hey everyone welcome back to the Alberta Roundup I'm your host Rachel Emanuel I hope that you guys are having a great week so far thank you for joining me for the final episode of Election Watch that's our special edition of the Alberta Roundup in which I am joined by three wonderful panelists to break down the campaign events of the week we're gonna head to them now I am once again joined by Evan Menzies at Crestview Strategies Erica Baroudi's on the UCP campaign and chris sims she's the alberta director of the canadian taxpayers federation we'll head to them now hey everyone welcome back to the show and to the final edition of election watch it's certainly been very fun having you all here with me one thing i wanted to start off if i felt like the last week of the campaign has been a little bit quiet erica i know i've talked to some people on the ucp campaign who said it was intentional that they tried not to over announce not to over promise during the election campaign do you think this perhaps quiet week has been a symptom of that
1: Absolutely. You know, we're looking at a lot of people paid attention to the debate, a lot of stuff early on that showcases, you know, the things that you've heard from the UCP the entire time, economy, affordability, uh, public safety. And so, you know, we've also seen the the turning of tides, I guess, or as I like to call the TSN turning point, which is when The um, NDP brought in their, you know, business tax, and we really saw people getting angry, um, really mad and pushing back. So we kind of just let it let that happen and focused on again being positive for the remainder of of the campaign. I mean, I wouldn't say quiet was yesterday's rally, but I think we'll be talking about that too.
0: When we talk about a turning point in the campaign, I know last week we talked about how Danielle Smith had a very strong debate performance. There was a huge UCP rally in Calgary yesterday. We'll get to that a little bit later on. But some of the people I've talked to have said they really felt like that debate performance was a turning point for the party at that point. The mood really changed at the doors and just among people who are working on the campaign. Evan, do you think that is really a response to the fact that Danielle Smith did have a strong performance and did kind of exactly what she needed to do by staying positive? and delivering her message during last week's debate.
2: Yeah, listen, she she crushed it. And she did exactly what she needed to do. Uh, I, I think it's worth taking just a minute here to sort of reflect about where the UCP has been over the last few years. The party's been fractured. There's been a lot of contentious debates. Uh, premier Daniel Smith has only been premier for seven months. Uh, there's been a need to sort of consolidate uh, the conservative vote in the province. Uh, I'm 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 definitely hopeful and thinking that that is occurring. And with the performance uh, Danielle had at the debate last week, it sent a signal that uh, conservatives, let's get this done. Uh, let's all come home together. And we've seen that this week as well. We saw some endorsements, of course, from uh, uh, federal leader Pierre Polyev. Uh, Stephen Harper has been on the campaign trail as well. And I think this is sending the signal conservatives. Let's come together. Let's uh, repair any of the wounds from the battles from the last couple of years and let's get this done uh, on election day on Monday.
0: Sure and when we talk about that endorsement from Pierre Polyev as you mentioned we did also have one from Stephen Harper. I felt that Polyev's was a little bit stronger. He did mention Daniel Smith by name. His was a little bit longer more specific as to what a UCP government would mean for Canada and for the province and a lot of people say oh well you know of course a conservative is going to endorse another conservative. Well not always. Conservatives across Canada have often not been united it's actually a really rare sign to see them unite in this way because there's so many fractures within the party and within the movement at times one of the other things that i would say is that i don't think polyev would have given this endorsement if he wasn't pretty sure that daniel smith is going to form government on monday erica what's your take
1: well i definitely love to see you know former leader um ronna ambrose stephen harper pierre polyev come out supporting us Um, I don't know if it's out yet, but there might be another one coming from Stephen Harper that gives a little bit more uh, clarification on exactly what that means both for Canada and um, Alberta. Um, You know, everyone's kind of talking about how we've seen this shift. Uh, You know, we still work hard, act like you're four votes behind, but um, having an endorsement from Pierre, you're right. I think a lot of us live through PC and Wild Rose days where um, we we were fractured within our federal uh, family. And I think that it is impactful to have Pierre come out. I think it's definitely a sign that, you know, we are performing and the momentum is there. We just have to get this across the finish line and and be a reelected government.
0: So I quickly wanted to move to one of the announcements the UCP did make this week. Daniel Smith made this announcement on Wednesday in Calgary. She said that a re-elected United Conservative Party government would force a referendum on a future government that tried to increase personal taxes or taxes on job creators. I did try to get her to commit to adding the carbon tax to this referendum. She didn't commit to that. Seems like it could have been an easy win. Chris, what's your take?
3: Yeah, that's our take exactly. So just to back up for people who don't know what this is, the Taxpayer Protection Act has been in place now here in Alberta for years. It's one of the strongest laws protecting taxpayers in all of North America. If you enjoy not paying a PST, it's because of the Taxpayer Protection Act. Because any politician that wanted to put through a provincial sales tax would have to win a referendum here first. Good luck with that. And so what's really great about this promise from the UCP is that they're saying, okay, let's expand it. So that any increase to personal income taxes or increase to business taxes also has to win a referendum. Like that's a game changer for taxpayers. So we're super happy about that. And what we're urging them to do is to say, hey, who knows what the future is going to hold? Someday Trudeau's carbon tax could be gone at the federal level. Let's shield Albertans in perpetuity from another provincial carbon tax. Let's just write that in there, because we know it's happened before. Rachel Notley, with her NDP government, surprised Albertans with one in 2015. It cost people more than a billion dollars per year, and she had never campaigned on the thing. So we think it's a, a really smart thing to put inside the Taxpayer Protection Act. I do have to say that I wonder if
0: one of the reasons they're not including this in Bill 1, the proposed Bill 1, which would be their first piece of legislation if they are reelected, is because they're planning another challenge to the carbon tax. I guess we'll have to wait a little bit longer to hear about that in future days if they are in fact reelected on Monday. Now I want to move to the campaign rally. I would say this was the biggest moment of the week. This was on Thursday night. So many people came out. The crowd was about 1,100 people from what I heard. We're just going to play our viewers, a little video for our viewers who weren't able to make it just so you could see a bit of the crowd size and the energy as well in the room. The UCP spokesperson also told me that they had planned to hold the event inside, but too many people showed up, so they had to move it outside to that tent there. You know, these types of things are always really funny because I attend these events. I'm just trying to post some information online to make people aware. And you get, of course, the stupidest attacks. People just get so angry about stuff like this. Oh, the crowd is really not that big. Oh, the crowd's so white. Oh, they all look so old. It really is so silly and just unbelievably frustrating when you're just trying to do your job. But Erica, maybe you can speak to why this type of rally was important. I know I talked to some people who said, oh, I really feel like we should be out at the doors right now. There was about 35 MLAs when they were first announced, I think a couple came late and of course all the staffers were there as well so they weren't doing a lot of active campaigning on the doors but I think sometimes it can speak to just rallying the energy and getting people excited for Monday's vote maybe you can speak to that Erica
1: yeah, so Vitor and I had to stick back to do our broadcast. So we we missed going down. And usually I'm the first person to say, no rallies, hit the doors to exactly what you're talking about. And I had FOMO last night. I, I wish that I could have seen, seen that crowd. Um, it is coming back to what we were talking about, about momentum, right? This is Danielle Smith being able to speak to our supporters, show the volume of our supporters. I mean, the traffic was backed up down the highway. It started... 30, 40 minutes late uh, because they wanted to make sure that everyone could get in. Um, you know, I hate, I hate social media and I hate how people tried to depict it. It's, I mean, it just shows that it worked. It got people out, it got people motivated. And what the goal from the campaign is, is that we'll transition to people getting to advanced polls, people being able to then volunteer on, on E-Day so that we can really push this over over the edge. So I usually am anti-rally, uh, and I think last night was a good tone to set for, for internal morale, but also to get some more resources on E-Day.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Evan, I know that I saw you in the crowd. What was your takeaway from the event? Personally, I felt like Danielle Smith's public speaking, while already good, has improved strongly during the campaign. It was a strong event again yesterday, and I think she delivered a positive message for for voters. But what was your takeaway?
2: Yeah, no for uh, definitely. I I think one thing that's important to remember too uh, in the discussion about why why rally an event like this matters is the NDP and uh and their their pundits on on the left they're really pushing hard trying to suppress turnout uh this week trying to pre- present this idea and this image that uh no 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 conservatives uh are coming our direction. And I think this event showed quite clearly that there is a um, definite energy for conservative supporters in the city uh, that, yeah, Premier Danielle Smith has been on her A-game this entire election, uh, whether it's been taking questions from the media, meeting with uh, volunteers uh, at campaign pit stops. Of course, we mentioned the debate already, and I thought her message was pitch perfect last night, uh, talking about Notley's record in office, Albertans don't want to go back, the threat of the Singh-Trudeau-Notley coalition. Uh, it was uh yeah pitch perfect for the audience I think everyone left that feeling good i I do think uh, listen the, the NDP had a, a a rally in Calgary Acadia in a, a room that had a capacity of 400 people they tried saying it was a thousand uh the UCP had their rally and it was outside because they went over capacity inside uh, I I you know they had there was a giant lineup of cars outside folks were we're feeling jazz. So I think it, it was an important event and I think it will bear good fruits for the uh, uh, the last sort of couple of days of advanced polls and into election day.
0: Sure. So I guess if we're using the NDP standards to measure Thursday night's crowd size, we would peg it at maybe like 100000 people. I think I have that <laughs> correct. <laughs> Um, I know that we've covered public safety a lot on this show. For my viewers, Danielle Smith did speak to that yesterday. She said we are running on public safety and talked about some of the rising criminal activity and how that was unacceptable. We're going to play a clip for, for you guys right now on that.
3: On public safety because Albertans need to
2: feel safe in their homes and on transit and in their communities. We know that Calgarians and Edmontonians want to be able to enjoy a game or a meal or have their kids go downtown. Without worrying that they're going to be randomly insulted or stabbed or have to walk past an open doorway and be exposed to secondhand crystal meth smoke. It's totally unacceptable. Totally.
0: So just a small segment of her speech yesterday. Of course, if you're interested in hearing more of it, you can definitely find that on my social media. But now I want to move to the advanced polls. That began this week on Tuesday and is running till Saturday. As of the time as filming, we have about 400 and 70,000 votes cast in the advanced polls. Now, in 2019, we saw just under 700,000 votes cast in the advanced polls in total. That was record-breaking numbers. So I don't think we're seeing the same turnout. I think we can expect to see these numbers jump by maybe 100,000, 150,000 before the advanced polls close. I'm sure a lot of people, myself included, wait till the absolutely last possible second evan what is your read on these votes does this mean that people aren't excited about a daniel smith government does it mean that they're thinking the ucp will stay in government and aren't feeling the need to turn out and vote another option is also that some people are really skeptical of the tabulators being used the tabulators are being used to count the advanced polls so that there's not a delay and people who are typically more conservative would be a little bit nervous of that type of technology being used in an election they might wait to show up till election day to vote when their ballots are going to be hand counted evan what's your take
2: Yeah, first of all, I I tell any Conservatives worried about that, not to worry. Uh, Their vote will be counted and they should definitely show up at advanced polls. It's traditionally been an advantage for Conservatives in this province that we show up at advanced polls. And I think we are showing up at advanced polls this election. Um, But, you know, as far as uh, reading into um, what does this all mean on turnout so far? I'd expect that the turnout might be a little larger than it was last election on the advanced poll count, but it's, it's really hard to read on what it all means. I think in the Ontario, recent Ontario election, they had increased advanced voter turnout. Voters have just become more comfortable as this, this as being the format that they, uh, they use to, uh, show up with their ballot, uh, you know, in, in advance of election day. So, uh, I, it's hard, hard to say what exactly it all means, uh, uh, other than at least for me, just that people are more comfortable with the format, but Yeah, I I would definitely for uh, Eric could speak to this, too. But for campaigns, uh, every time a conservative voter gets their vote in before Election Day, that just means that they've got more resources to uh, on Election Day to get those last people out that they need to make sure that the victory happens. So if you're still waiting to get your vote out, uh, you know, advance votes, uh, polls close on Saturday. So definitely take advantage of it if you can.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting perspective. I actually hadn't considered that. Erica, you're in the war room. What are you guys looking for when you're taking a look at these advanced polling numbers?
1: Yeah, so I first want to come back to to the tabulator real quick, uh, if I can, because I think last week during the show, I was at a very robust demonstration of the tabulators. And to Evan's point, um, they, you know, I completely have trust and confidence in their process. So if that is what's holding you back, um, take my word, I guess, uh, and just realize that, that there is quite a robust process. Um, and that, you know, everything we saw was smooth as can be. So, um, but coming back to what we're seeing. So from, from the inside look, especially in our target ridings, um, in, in Calgary and the donut, we are seeing a large portion of our, when we're going, doing GOTV for advanced polls, large portion of people being like, I already voted. I already voted, which is such a great thing to hear because to Evan's point, it, you know, relieves you from doing the large outreach on election day. Um, and then you can really focus on on getting the folks you need uh, for those numbers to get to the door. So we have seen a very positive uptake. I do agree that we'll probably be just slightly under where we were last time in advance polls. But if I can reach voters in any way, I would say vote as early and as soon as possible. Um, it does help us from a local campaign perspective. It also helps us kind of be able to put our resources where we need to on election day.
0: Yeah, and thanks for that bit about the tabulators for my viewers who do remain concerned about them i have covered it extensively you can certainly go back and find my work on that i know that premier smith has said she feels comfortable with them because the paper ballots are going to be retained in case a recount is necessary unlike what we've seen in some other elections where the ballots are actually destroyed and a recount is not possible that will not be happening in this case now we've talked about the advanced polls. I want to move to the polling. These numbers have been so crazy and so all over the place. I don't think anyone knows what's going to happen in the election, except for of course a Main Street Research CEO, Keto Maggie. He is calling for an NDP government on Monday. He said, I believe, on Twitter that he would eat two hats if there's an NDP gov- if there's a UCP government rather on Monday. So he's feeling pretty confident in his numbers. And then we know that a Think HQ poll for Calgary came out showing that the NDP were six points ahead. Again, that was just in Calgary. But then just Friday morning, we got another poll from the Janet Brown pollster. We've talked about on the show before how she's very well respected in this province. And she's showing a UCP government on Monday with 52 points for the UCP and 44 for the NDP. Chris, these numbers are so all over the place. What's your take?
3: Uh polling is really difficult to trust because, of course, everybody is obsessed with watching them because there's so much of their lives invested, right? No matter which party you're in, uh, you've been eating and sleeping in that war room now for probably the last six weeks. I know what that feels like. And so you're always looking for indicators. What we would say from a taxpayer's perspective at the CTF is we don't endorse a party. What well, we do push for are policies, And from our people, there's thousands of them in Alberta, we keep hearing about lower taxes, no carbon tax, balanced budgets, taxpayer protections. So to everybody listening right now, I would give the same advice that I always do to our people at the CTF. You already know what you want to do. You're already informed. Tell 10 friends. Tell 10 friends. If you're already listening to this podcast, you're engaged, you're active, You know what you want out of this province. They've got you, so to speak. Tell 10 friends of what you think is important. If you're opposed to the carbon tax, if you think balanced budgets are important, if you think fiscal restraint is important so that we actually have money to save for a rainy day, to pay for things like emergencies and schools and hospitals and all those things that people like, and we don't want to see massive debt piled up, and we don't want to see credit downgrades, tell 10 friends.
0: Well, I dare say that was Chris's final pitch for voters before they head to the polls this weekend and on Monday. Evan, maybe you can give us your take on the polls. Are you reading a lot into them? What's your take?
2: Yeah, I mean, I would tell conservative voters that, uh, you know, keto's had a couple misses, uh, before measuring Calgary and Alberta audiences. So if you want to see, want to see him, uh, eat two hats, show up and vote, uh, go help a campaign out. Uh, they need all hands on deck here. And, uh, I, I wouldn't, you know, uh, I was involved in the 2012 Wildrose election campaign, and we had good polls right up until the day before. And you can't, um, you can't take anything for granted. So I, I would say that there's some good trend lines for the UCP, I would say both from a quantitative, talking about these polls, but also a qualitative perspective, I've been talking to people at the doors that, that there is a, a real sort of stern backbone to the conservative vote. And I I would expect strong turnout. I would expect the Conservative vote to outperform uh, some of these polls that we've been seeing, but uh, it's just absolutely crucial this weekend that you show up and vote. The Alberta NDP, and it's not talked about nearly often enough, but they've effectively consolidated and sucked in the entire left-wing vote in Alberta. Alberta is um, a Conservative province in how it thinks and and views issues and and, uh, obviously how it views its relationship with Ottawa. But it's uh, the, the left wings always had a 35 to 45 percent uh, vote coalition in the province and they're fully united. So you can't take anything for granted. You've got to show up and vote. and you got to help out uh, wherever you can if you want to see a UCP government on Monday.
0: OK, guys, before I let you go, everyone has to give their election prediction. What do you think is going to happen on Monday and what do you think the seat count is going to be? Erica, I'm going to go to you first.
1: You were going to do that.
0: Um, <laughs> no, I, well.
1: I'm feeling optimistic. I think um, both Chris and Evan spoke to it. The doors are getting warmer. The doors are the undecideds are are folding to to conservatives because of the record versus disastrous record. Um, So I'm obviously given a a UCP win. Um, I don't know if I can should say this. I think that I'm going to give a range because I'm going to
0: cop out
1: on this Uh, probably 48 to 52 seats for the UCP.
0: Well, you're allowed to cop out because you're on the campaign, but the rest of you aren't going to be so Win. lucky. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah. <government.
0: laughs> uh, Chris, what's your prediction?
3: I'm pretty terrible at predictions, to be honest. Uh, I think it's going to be a very late night and that it's going to be close. But I think ultimately, I'll put it this way I think people vote uh, based on their priorities. And so far, the main priorities that I've heard from CTF people are balanced budgets, low taxes, and fighting the carbon tax. So I think it's going to tip that way. Chris, you're a we number expert. more than I did. Yeah. <laughs> I am no, a numbers no. expert, but I'm bad at predicting. So I don't want to go out on a limb or jinx anything. So we'll see. I hope I'm wrong and it's way higher.
0: <laughs> okay, Evan, how about you?
2: Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I'm pegging it at 50. Um, they, It could be less, it could be more, but I think 50 is a, a safe spot. I, I, you, we mentioned Janet Brown's pull earlier. She pegged it at 51. Uh, I do take that uh, that read uh, with a high level of credibility. So, yeah, we'll wait and see. I, uh, it, uh, elections come down to turnout. And, uh, yeah, if conservatives show up, uh, they can expect a good night on election night. And I think 50 is a realistic number if, if folks show up. And I know a lot of uh, UCP candidates have been working hard on the doors. Uh, I know they've got a lot of their folks out to vote already. So, um, yeah, I think 50 is uh, my magic number.
0: Great. Well, I'm glad that I was able to get a straight answer out of at least one of you. So there you guys have it. Evan Menzies, Crestview Strategies, pegging it at 50. We will know on Monday. Okay, guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. I know that my audience has really appreciated your insight over the last four weeks. I'm hoping that I will be able to catch some of you on Monday night for a live hit. For our audience, we are doing a live show down in Calgary at the UCP campaign event. So you will definitely want to tune into that. You won't want to miss it to hear everyone's wonderful insight. Thank you so much, you guys. Have a great weekend. Okay, guys, and before I let you go, I'm going to quickly do my weekly comment roundup. You guys know that I appreciate your comments so much, and there were so many under last week's episode, so let's take a look at a few of those now. Brian Sen said, you guys rock the house, and thanks for giving us hope. Thank you, Brian. I'm sure we all really appreciate that compliment. User Glittle said, the funniest and saddest thing I've seen in this election cycle is the fact that all NDP channels I've been on has the comments turned off. So strong and concrete in their position that they can't take comments. L-M-A-O. It's sort of like how they won't take questions from reporters they don't like. There seems to be a theme here. Wild Bill says, Rachel, I don't think you know how much we Albertans and Westerners appreciate your presence and sincerity with your move west. Don't worry, you will fit right in and Albertans will always show you hospitality Keep on keeping on. Thank you, Wild Bill. I've seen a bunch of your comments under my show, and I appreciate that you seem to be a weekly or at least somewhat regular listener, and people here in Alberta certainly have been very friendly. And finally, user Bo Ottenbreit, I apologize if I butchered the pronunciation of your name, said, this video was a stroke fest. It's hard to pretend the UCP message is anything like it should be. Sure, there are way better than the NDP, but there are easily versions of the Smith-led UCP right now that would be much, much better. When our number one issue should be securing rights and freedoms, a focus on mostly urban issue is really poor form. When the number one push should be for economy and quality of life, the focus instead is on healthcare and education, the playthings of the NDP, both horribly flawed systems. I do have to say that I disagree. The UCP has been focusing quite a bit on jobs in the economy during the election. I think they're hoping that that's going to be the ballot box question. I don't think that it is, but most of their announcements have been about tax cuts for the general population and about building a strong economy economy. I do agree with you, however, that the focus has mostly been urban issues. I'm sure some of you in rural Alberta are feeling a little bit left out, but I would say the UCP really needs to appeal to moderates in Calgary to win this election, and so I think they're doing what they need to do to form government on Monday. Whether you like that or not, you can have that opinion, but I would say they are probably doing exactly what they need to do to give them the best chance to win government. Okay, guys, that's all I have for you today. A friendly reminder, as I mentioned on the panel, you can watch our live show covering the election results on Monday night. I will be joined by my colleagues, Andrew Lawton and William Macbeth. So I'll see you guys on Monday night. Enjoy
3: the rest of your weekend and God bless.